the government should consider setting up an environment court. We feel this is very serious, an environment court. Because some of the issues happening here is because of extraction of environment. And a lot of civic society organizations have said this in past years, that there should be an environment court in Zimbabwe that will hear these cases. This thing of taking it to these other courts where you are banging together with people who are raping their children and everything, it makes this thing be diluted. It's a very serious issue, and it's an issue that leads to a consequence called ecocide. Ecocide is a genocide from ecology, which is what we are going to have in Wandi very soon. Lilalele is Ambezi Times Podcast. You are listening to the Zambezi Times Podcast. Following up on our last podcast show, the Zambezi Times brought you a podcast where we were talking to women from displaced areas where they are forced evictions as a result of developmental programs and initiatives. So today on the program, we revisit that program again, and this time we talk to Mr. Kumplan Maposa, who is the coordinator for Matabela and Institute for Human Rights, working with other many organizations dealing with the human rights issues. They've actually submitted a communicate to the member of parliament uh, representing Blauayo, and a proportional representation, Honorable Jasmine Tofa, and also they've presented the same communicate to the Gender Commission. And Mr. Kumblan Maposa then shared with us some of the issues contained in the communicate which was presented before the Member of Parliament under proportional representation for Blawa Honorable Jasmine Tofa, as well as Mr. Talubu Lesbanda, who was representing the Gender Commission. Some of the issues that were raised in that communicate that there is need for Vision 2030 to respect free consent prior to evictions. Also, some of the issues include the adoption of the human rights of the United Nations business and human rights principles, uh, also a formulation of acts of parliament, as well as uh, conduct of uh, uh, human rights eviction impact assessments. These are some of the issues that are contained uh, in the communicate, but Mr. Maposa will be sharing with us some of those in detail. But I just want to bring um, a highlight to effect that we are talking of close to 70 to 80,000 Zimbabwe. What we have documented as an organization is close to 80, between 70 and 80,000 Zimbabwe who are facing evictions due to development projects. We are not, there are some that we have not counted. Uh, and we're saying this is a huge number in terms of the population of Zimbabweans. So we then need to listen to this population. We need to give it a precedence. Then I also want to flag a few places where it is. Chibomba, there are people facing development evictions. In Umrewa, they are facing development evictions. In Domboshawa, they are facing development evictions. In Wang, they are facing development evictions. In Binga, Baybridge, Chiret, Mutow, Chief. These are some of the areas. Close by in Matoboy, 
they faced them. In uh, today in the morning, we got a call from people in Midlands who are saying, we have been hearing this work that we are doing. We are in this problem also. So there are many communities that are suffering the same in terms of development issues. And then we are saying, what then do we su suggest should be done? I'll just go through it very fast. Number one, we are saying the government of Zimbabwe fully adopt and adhere to the UN basic principles and guidelines on development-based evictions and displacement, as well as the Kampala Convention, which Zimbabwe ratified. That's the first thing. That's the first step. Fully adopt it and domesticate it and create mechanisms locally to ensure that the clauses there are respected. Second, we are saying the implementation of Vision 2030 should respect certain fundamentals like the free, prior, and informed consent principles. What does it mean? It says before anything happens, we should freely consent having received the information prior. Then the other thing we are saying, they should adopt the UN business and human rights principles. There are already United Nations principles on how business should do its work in a human rights friendly manner. It should just be domesticated into Zimbabwe law. Let's have in a policy on business and human rights. Let's have an act of parliament on business and human rights. We are also saying the do no harm principles should guide everything that we are doing. Then the other thing that we are asking is that before any development eviction or a, a displacement happens, there should be a human rights eviction impact assessment. Currently in Zimbabwe, we do environmental impact assessment. We have laws about environmental impact assessment, but we don't have a law about a human rights impact assessment of an eviction. Are you telling me that the environment is more important than the people? So let's have a human rights impact assessment. How do we do this impact assessment? We are saying we already have human rights constitutional bodies. We have the Human Rights Commission, the Gender Commission, the NPRC, and the, 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 the Media Commission. These should constitute a forum whenever there is an eviction that should happen. These commissions should be involved first. And then they do an impact assessment. As we trust these commissions better than these, uh, these uh, what do you call these, the consultants hired by the companies because they are paid by the company. But these commissions, we trust them because they are for us. They are very soon will be having the ombudsman. We trust them. Secondly, they should be allowed as joint as the commissions to engage the, the communities that are going to be affected. Seek the consent of the communities and they should monitor the evictions. Impact assessment that should be done by the commissions. It should not be implemented without passing in parliament. So when the commissions have done an impact assessment, take it to parliament. Remember, the constitution says all of us in Zimbabwe, including the executive, we are accountable to parliament. Then parliament says no, we believe, we feel the recommendations, the preparations are okay, go ahead then we can go ahead. 
Then when the evictions are now happening, let's have a monitoring mechanism that involves the commissions, civic society, media, let them come and monitor. Let's be told on this day and this day and this day, this community in Pinga in Lubimbi is going to be transported to that place where we have given them. And then allow everyone, including international organizations, like elections, to come and observe, document that it's happening in a right way. If it means those that are live streaming, live streaming, let it be so. What are we hiding? We are, we are not hiding anything because it's our process that our communities have accepted. It's actually joy to the world and it will be a best practice that the world will copy. Still linked to that, we are saying um, there should be a policy that guides all this. All this should not be Savugampunza, Chamuka Inyama. No, it should be documented in a policy. Then the other thing that we are saying is that uh, the parliamentary portfolio committees, as I have said, they should give oversight to this. Then the other thing that we are also raising is that in, a, in every area where an extractive uh, development initiative will cause displacement of villagers, there should be through the Office of the District Development Coordinator and other relevant local authorities, a multi-stakeholder human rights integrity at work committee, which will comprise of local authority, the relevant government department, local level leadership of the affected people, civic society, and this at work committee should ensure that human rights principles and standards are adhered to. So if in Binga there are going to be evictions or in Muto, Create an ad hoc committee, an all stakeholder ad hoc committee to ensure to help guide each other to say, Are we adhering to the standards? Then I think we have spoken about the environment impact assessment needs to, laws need to be amended in Zimbabwe because currently you had the story in Wangi, you had the story in Chinon. Actually, the Wangi story, the Dinda story, have, have been investigated by parliament. And it said the parliament has issued a report which is public that it seems the EIA uh, regulations were bypassed and they were easily flouted. Why? Because it's not that. So the Environment Management Act should be amended. And all laws on EIS should be amended with immediate effect to ensure that the people give consent to what is happening. And before the consultant does the consultation, the community people should, it should be made public so that people could be educated. Let me give you an example. We have observed in communities where EIS are happening as an organization. Because the community does not know, they start to say, no, the mining company should take care of the older ladies here, the orphans, you know, the widows. But is that the essence of an EIA? No. It's because they don't know. They think Chamuka Inyama Charity has come. It's another social welfare department. But it should be announced publicly on this day, maybe 90 days before. On this day, in that month, there will be EIA consultation in that community. Then it gives us the human rights practitioners and others who are concerned to go and educate the people what an EIA is so that there is no blind consultation.
Upon receiving the communique, the Member of Parliament, the Honourable Jasmine Tofa, promised to take the communique to the Women's Caucus, where she is a member and also a member of the committee that is responsible for mines and minerals development, uh, the Parliament Portfolio Committee on Mines and Minerals Development. Uh, she promised to move a motion about the issue of evictions and how it affects the people and also push for the rectification of some of the laws that are in relation to mines and the minerals. Also, Mr. Talubuhle Spanda promised to take the communicate to the Gender Commission who in turn will investigate some of these issues happening in communities where there are forced evictions as a result of development in relation to mining, agriculture and urbanization. Thank you so much for tuning in on to our podcast today, 0775-945-708 or 0712-264-936 is our two numbers that you can get in touch with us to share your views and comments about these issues. Remember, we're focusing on uh, mining evictions um, in communities that are in Matabele North, particularly Lubimbi Village, which is in Binga, and also um, in the community that is near Wange. Remember that... Um, some of these issues you can read more about them from our website www.thezambezitimes.co.za visit our facebook page to get some of the links to the programs uh, and uh, some of the links to the stories uh, on facebook where the zambezi times and on twitter at the zambezi times The latest information that we are getting is that the Minister of Local Government has sent a team of 10 members uh, to the community of Lubimbi in Binga who are said to be relocated as a result of uh, the Kwai Shangani Dam construction and they have promised there will be conversations for community members who will be relocated to the other area. However, there are about 2,422 villagers who are said to be relocated from the Lubimbi village to pave way for the construction of the Kwai Shangani Dam. Uh, also, the Ministry of Government team is set uh, to evaluate assets in the community of Lubimbi before the relocation starts. Phase 1 of the project is set to be commissioned by end of this year, 2021, in December. Lilalele is Ambezi Times Podcast. You are listening to the Zambezi Times Podcast. Africa, Africa, Africa.